0: This is the 19th T Podcast. Just Kieran Marsh with you this week for a unique change, a bit of travel for work for my partner in crime, Druidster, who's on the road. Uh, And we had planned to have a guest, but a few balls remain in the air, which hopefully we'll see that guest join us for next Monday's review show. So just me in the seat this evening, a bit of a hybrid episode recording on a Wednesday. So we'll take a look back at last weekend as the West Australia swing wrapped up in Kalgoorlie, and we'll look forward to the first TPS event of the summer with the return of competitive golf to South Australia, more specifically just south of Adelaide there in Wollonga. So plenty on the agenda outside of the tournaments around. There's a lot of news coming your way as well, which I'll do my very best to wrap up in a brief, no longer than half-hour chat, because it does get tedious with just the one voice when it goes beyond that, but plenty to come as usual. We'll start with the WAPGA Championship because for the second week in a row, we had probably what you'd refer to as a journeyman recording just their second victory in their professional career. This time it was Ben Eccles. It was Simon Hawks' first time around at Joodle Up for the WA Open. And it was Benny Eccles for the WAPGA Championship out there in Kalgoorlie. Eight years after he secured his maiden victory, the New South Wales Open in 2015 as an amateur, he records his second victory and he did so in style. If we're honest, I know a lot of the post-match and post-round media he talked of his nerves and that's natural when you you think about the drought between drinks but you know he he entered the final round six strokes clear he ends up winning by five and and watching over the weekend in particular he was really in complete control of his ball. Uh, and so were a lot of players who played incredibly well, which we'll get to as we run down the leaderboard, but Benny Eccles in particular, uh, probably similar to Simon Hawks the week prior, it was metronomic. There was a really small gap between his best and worst golf. Uh, you know, his ceiling, we know, because because we've seen flashes of it in that eight years since, is incredible, but it's probably for Benny been about raising the floor, and he did just that. Um, some incredible hole-out shots, no doubt, across the weekend, but I think it was the control... Uh, particularly of his short game, uh, which held him in good stead. He equaled the course record with a 63 in the second round to give him a one-stroke lead heading into the weekend uh, and then really put the foot down, as I said, ended up leading by six after 54 holes and wins the tournament by five. So 28-year-old Victorian, I I I kind of said it last week when we were speaking about Simon Hawks. It's not unkind to say journeyman, but often it comes with bad connotations. And these are just great stories, if we're honest. A guy like Benny Eccles, who sits under the tutelage of Grant Field, the same coach as Cam Smith, uh, you know, had the world at his feet as a 20-year-old amateur winning the 2015 New South Wales Open. And as like many golfers, as like many people in life, has just really experienced some ups and downs. It's wonderful to see a smile back on his face. And I know he spoke a lot about having an incredibly restless night on Saturday evening, going to bed on that six-stroke lead. But, you know, I think to see... His control, as I mentioned, in that final round um, to seal it. And then probably not just the outpouring of his own relief, first and foremost, but then excitement and passion, uh, but also the outpouring from the broader golf community. Uh, it was kind of very similar to when Mika started winning tournaments last year. And you could see just how popular a figure he was. I think the same can be said for Benny Eccles. You only have to look at the the raft of messages that were dropped on his own channels uh, as well as that of the PGA Tours uh, in terms of congratulations from broadly across the golfing community. So, look, a, a really popular winner there in Kalgoorlie. And and hopefully, we. I mean, obviously, you, you never want to see a person go eight years without a victory, but hopefully he seems to be – the golf's clearly in a good spot to go on and win that by five strokes and equal the course record in the process in the second round, as I mentioned, but mentally in a great spot. Really calm. Uh, really composed uh, and, and really quite in control, as I've said a number of times now when the heat came on, because there are a number of players, not least of which our man Aidan Barron, uh, who were really pushing uh, in that final round uh, and breathing down his neck. So a big congratulations to Benny Eccles. It's wonderful to see another victory next to his name uh, in terms of his career moving forward. And hopefully it, it builds into a, a pretty tidy summer moving forward. I mentioned Hayden Barron. I mean, pretty remarkable when you consider uh, Baz had been playing in the Alfred Dunhill Lynx tournament, as we mentioned, over here in Scotland prior to returning home. And we thought, honestly, no chance. Like the rain delay, the final round was only underway on Monday evening when we were recording the podcast over there in Scotland. Tournament scheduled to start in Kalgoorlie on Thursday. We gave him no chance. Really, of of being a part of this this tournament, uh, he arrived on the Thursday morning, the first day of the tournament, uh, and was pretty handy. I'm looking at his scorecard here, and even past seventy two, uh, to to put himself, you know, certainly within reach of making the weekend. And then he has a sixty five, a sixty eight, and a Sunday sixty five to sit in outright second at eighteen under par, still five shots back of Benny Eccles but just a remarkable remarkable effort from Baz considering the travel that was required just to make it to the first tee on Thursday Uh, so look I think that bodes really well for him moving forward Uh, he's obviously cutting his teeth and had a few opportunities now over in Europe Uh, and I would expect having you know done a really good job at you know finishing last summer in fashion uh, I think we can expect to see him put together a really complete summer across kind of 23, 24 uh, coming up across a, a long list of events this season. So, congratulations to Baz. Also, wanted to call out Quinn Croker, the amateur from Royal Queensland. Uh, he played really well last week at June. He was leading through the first round here in Kalgoorlie and sat only one stroke behind Benny Eccles through 36 holes. Uh, he ends up in a tie for fifth at 14 under. So, ultimately, uh, you know, nine strokes back there of the winner. But that's two weeks now where Quinn Croker's had top 10 finishes, a top five here in Kalgoorlie as well as an amateur. Uh, he's putting together a really impressive start to his summer. Uh, in terms of a couple of other results, uh, James Marquezani looked really good for his tie seven finish. Josh Greer uh, also looked really good for a T9 finish alongside Jordan Zunik, a good friend of this podcast. A lot of Sundays in the 60s as I'm looking down this list as well. So as I mentioned, probably it was really Hayden Barron, if anyone putting the heat on with that 65. And Benny Eccles himself with a 68 on the Sunday, but a really impressive um, Sunday from a lot of players across the board. So uh, once again, uh, the tips weren't super strong from the boys. Uh, I, I mean, to, to Drudes' point, he's done better there with, um, with his. But yeah, Felts for me. Goodness me, Feltz maybe had the, the the second week hangover from the Bucks. Uh, I, I steered clear of him last week for the for the WA Open off the back of the Bucks, and I was into him this week because of how good he played. What I thought was probably a little bit tired last week, and unfortunately the heat might have got to him out there in. The West Australian Desert. I'm just looking, uh, obviously, missed the cut there, did Felst, uh, as did Austin Batista. Simon Hawks, last week's winner, didn't make the weekend. Uh, and I'm just scrolling down. That's probably the notables who missed the weekend. Uh, another missed cut for Blake Collier, um, two in a row there, which is difficult for you know, a quality player that we know can play. Connor Fuchs, uh, that's probably surprising. Um, very promising young amateur to miss the weekend. Uh, but look, there's plenty on the other side of the cut line who did well, um, and and not least of which Benny Eccles kind of securing that second victory of his career, so congratulations to him. In terms of the order of merit, it's interesting, uh, you know, it's a full summer, and you never read too much into kind of two or three tournaments down. Lachlan Barker leads, having played four tournaments, uh, he leads 235 points. Simon Hawks uh, and Benny Eccles, uh, second and third, respectively, our winners from the past fortnight. Uh, Daniel Gale, our good mate Galey is fourth, just a few points behind Benny Eccles. Uh, Chris Crabtree, Hayden Barron, Jason Norris, Connor McKinney, Michael Wright, and Andrew Campbell round out the remainder of the top 10. So that's early doors, as we said. Uh, we're with a lot of water to go under the bridge. And obviously, the more significant tournaments In terms of the Australian Open, the Australian PGA, uh, and the season ender as well, uh, they carry far more weight in terms of points. But always good to see how the Order of Merit is shaping up this early in the season. Uh, Lockie Barker, Simon Hawks, and Benny Eccles, your pair and trio, sorry, I should say, at the top there on the podium currently. Uh, I also just wanted to mention as well, uh, it was back-to-back all-abilities titles for Lockie Wood. So we mentioned Lockie Wood had the victory there in the All Abilities WA Open at Joondalup last weekend. Well, there was the WA PGA All Abilities Championship uh running concurrently alongside the PGA Championship at Kalgoorlie. Uh and again, it was Lockie Wood, victorious two weekends in a row. Uh so yeah, pretty pretty incredible what he went through. So I'm Reading a great story here from Tony Wiebeck on pga.org.au. He obviously, uh, Lockie Wood won at June the All Abilities Championship there. He then flew back to Brisbane to play in the 72-hole Queensland PGA Associate Championship where he finished fourth and then dashed back to Perth and flew out to Kalgoorlie. Getting there on Wednesday, the day before the first round. Uh, Quite incredible. He led Cam Pollard by one heading into the final round. Um, eventually fighting back to earn a seven-shot victory. So consecutive wins for Lachlan Wood in the all-abilities component of these two tournaments in Western Australia and just a little fourth-place finish in the 72-hole Queensland PGA Associate Championship in between, if you don't mind. Congratulations to Lockie Wood. Uh, So we turn our attention now, as I mentioned, to South Australia and more specifically uh, the Wollonga golf course down there south of Adelaide. Uh, this is the first of the TPS uh, events, the Players Series, WebEx Players Series events, hosted by former Australian cricketer, dashing opening batsman and incredibly tragic golfer himself in Greg Blewett, proud South Aussie as well. So uh, Bluey has the honour of hosting uh, the first Webex Play Series event, and this was our special guest. And and I'll be completely transparent and honest. It's on me. Uh, there was a few things that I was juggling throughout the week. Uh, we were scheduled to have a chat with Bluey as part of the preview for this, uh, but we are hoping, and all things being equal, we will have him on Monday evening as part of the review to take a look back at his duties as host and sure what will be a wonderful tournament there at Wollonga. Uh, so. I think it'd probably be better as it works out in that respect uh you know we can actually talk to him about the experience of you know hosting the four days of the tournament as opposed to projecting what it might look like uh, and we'll have the benefit of looking back at you know four days of tournament play as well so i know they had the pro-am today as i'm recording on wednesday morning into the start of the tournament tomorrow uh, Drew and i have been talking a long time about how important it is for competitive golf and the tour to return to south australia um it's a it's a terribly underappreciated golfing region, some wonderful courses throughout um, SA, particularly in and around the Adelaide region. Uh, and this is, yeah, this is fantastic to see. To go back to Wollonga, as I said, south of south of Adelaide, but not too far out of the city. And it's a quality field. Uh, obviously, our, our two winners so far, Benny Eccles and Simon Hawks lead the way. Gailey's there. Louis Dobler, who made the trip across to Western Australia for both tournaments, he continues on to South Australia. Uh, Dayan Lawson, fresh off a win on the Asian Development Tour, is into the field, which is great for Digger. Good to see him uh, kiss a trophy there last weekend on the Asian Development Tour, and he flies himself into the City of Churches to take part in this event. Harrison Crowe's put together a couple of good weeks in his first fortnight as a professional. He's on the board. Feltz is there, as is Pikey. The Wiz, our man, Justin Warren, in the field. Laurie Flynn, after a good few weeks, over in Western Australia, Shaywells cobb another notable name there, who bounced back in a big way, uh, was very impressive, considering uh, a disappointing start in June. Up at the WA Open, he was quite good in Kalgoorlie for WPGA. Hayden Hopewell, the West Aussie, comes across as well, and a whole list of names will be turning out there at Walunga. So, I've had a quick look. I would encourage people to jump on the socials and and have a look through the uh, the course. It's it's an excellent. Uh, excellent kind of tight and narrow Woodlands course there at Wollonga. And I think it will present some challenges. So very different to what the players have experienced the past two weeks doesn't have, I would say, the scale of Joondalup and, you know, Kalgoorlie, as we mentioned last week, there's nothing like it on tour. It's a completely unique course, but presents its own challenge in terms of your ability to shape the ball, considering it's narrow, it will reward accuracy off the tee. Uh, And I think, you know, probably as with most courses, on this tour, uh, a solid short game will be required to put yourself in contention. A um, couple of amateurs that I want to call out. Billy Dowling, fresh off his win at the Capera Bowl, uh, and Lincoln Morgan, the younger brother of our good mate Jed. Lincoln Morgan was actually leading the Capera Bowl for most of that tournament before Billy Dowling ran over the top of him there, unfortunately. Uh, so Billy Dowling and Lincoln Morgan, the Quinella from the recent Capera Bowl, one of the great amateur championships are uh, in the field. Uh, and a few young female amateurs taking part as well. Imogen Jessen, Matilda Miles, Amelia Winnie and Hannah Reeves. So keep an eye out for them. And, of course, Bluey is in the field. As the host, Greg Blewett is playing as an amateur under one of the six tournament invitations. So it'll be interesting to see if we can talk to him. I think on Monday night, not only as I said about the tournament itself, but his own play. So Olanga Golf Club getting underway Uh Tomorrow, probably today, if you're listening on Thursday, $200,000 purse for the winner there, the first of the Webex Player Series events. Excellent to see competitive golf returning to South Australia, and you'll be able to catch a bit of that over the weekend on KO and Fox if you have it. The the coverage, might I add, has been excellent. I know there's been some challenges, and there always are, particularly when you go to remote locations like Kalgoorlie, but credit to the team. I think the coverage... The combination of having, you know, the primary callers from in studio, but you know, people on the ground. Big shout out to our good friend Jimmy Emanuel who was doing the walk the course duties there in Kalgoorlie last weekend. I think the coverage has been wonderful so far, and um, yeah, sure, we'd love to see four days of it. But you know, putting a solid product out and importantly engaging eyeballs is going to be the key to increasing that to four day coverage. So I think they're doing a wonderful job at nailing the two days across Saturday and Sunday at the business end of the tournament. And obviously, we'll see that flex up for the big tournaments in terms of the Open and the PGA Championship coming up back end of this year. So all eyes on Wollonga Golf Course this weekend in South Australia for the Webex Players Series of South Australia, hosted by Greg Blewett. Look forward to wrapping all that up on Monday evening. Uh, In terms of some other things going on, there is a fair bit of news around, and there were some winners around the globe. So Minwoo Lee, if you don't mind, uh, he had an enormous tournament, wire to wire, and a scoring record of 20 under at the SJM Macau Open on the Asian Tour. Uh, he was two strokes clear, heading into the final round. He carded an eight under par 63. Quite incredible. Uh, he was going up against Thailand's Poom Sakansen. Sakansen himself scoring an eight under par 63, which set up quite a engrossing battle on the Sunday, Uh, but it was Min Woo who held up the trophy at the end, which is incredible. I mean, he's had a a remarkable run, to be honest. Um, Top tens in the US Open, the Players' Championship, but this is his first win since the 2021 Scottish Open um, and did it in fashion, as I said, equaling uh, a, a pretty impressive round from his opponent in pooms Kansas but smashing the tournament scoring record um you know ending up at 30 under so ironically it was held by scotty hend uh who we've spoken about a lot on this podcast an interesting follow on twitter or x depending on what you're referring to it these days But scotty hend set that at 20 under back in 2015 and he's gone out and beaten it by 10 strokes to finish at 30 under probably calls into some questions i'd suggest the uh the validity of all the challenge of the golf course itself, but we won't get bogged down into that. Um, it's good to see our man, Midwoo uh, lift another trophy. Great news for him as well. Uh, he has become the first Australian to join uh, TGL, which is the brainchild of Tiger Woods and Rory McElroy. This is this kind of T20 format of golf played at the indoor simulator stadium in front of a couple of thousand people live. A whole host of names um, have joined this, uh, but you know, we're looking at the list here. Uh, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Justin Rose, Colin Moricao, of course, Tiger Woods, and Rory McElroy. I-, I lied, Adam Scott is there, he was part of that original intake. So minway becomes the second Australian to be part of TGL, but this is a massive, massive boost um, to his profile. Uh, you know, he goes into this format where there'll be six teams, 24 players in total. Uh, We've got four of the teams announced today. New York, Los Angeles, Golf Club, Atlanta Drive, GC, and Boston. And some pretty hefty investors behind this format, including the, the Williams Sisters, Serena and Venus, Giannis Ontentacumpo, and the Fenway Sports Group. You know, obviously behind the Boston Red Sox as well. So yeah, quite incredible to have Minwoo included in this inaugural group of 24 for the TGL. And I think speaks volumes probably of his profile and how far it's risen. And how rapidly it's risen, really, uh, in the last probably 12 months since he started playing more regularly in the States uh, and gaining quite a cult following over there, particularly via his social media. So great to see Minwoo get his chance in TGL um, getting underway very, very shortly. In terms of some other victories, uh, Rod Pampling gets it done uh, the SAS Championship on the PGA Tour Championship. I- incredible for pants. Uh, quite an impressive victory. He edged out uh, the ultra ultra impressive Stephen Alka, the Kiwi who just who wins for fun on the tour uh, of champions. Uh, but he beat Alka by two shots, finishing at fifteen under in North Carolina, uh, claiming his second title in that over fifties tour for Pams. Um, Three hundred fifteen thousand dollar US payday, pretty impressive. But just another Australian victory that was worth mentioning. I did mention, obviously, Diane Lawson's victory in the Asian Development Tour as well, uh, which was impressive. Uh, and then also just worth calling out, uh, Karis Davidson had a really, really remarkable tournament. Uh, didn't end up lifting the trophy at the Buick LPGA Shanghai, but she was there or thereabouts. thereabouts. Uh, I think she was in a share of the lead for a period of time there on the back nine, in the final round, I think she entered the final round one stroke off the lead. Um, it was a true throw a blanket over them situation coming down the stretch. There was probably five or six players in that back nine who could have emerged victorious. Uh, ultimately, Karis finishing in a tie for eighth, as I said, uh, but unfortunately, it wasn't her day. But really impressive. She jumps from ninety seventh to eighty eighth in the season long race to the CME Globe. Uh, and you know, pretty much ensures her full playing rights for 2024 if she can remain inside the top 100. So that's impressive for Karis Davis in there on the LPGA. Uh, on the PGA Tour, Cam Davis was the best finishing Australian, in a tie for seventh at the Shriners, which was won by uh, Tommy the Tank Engine, Choo Choo, Tommy Kim. Uh, he defended his title at the Shriners. Harrison Endicott, another Aussie there, t56. Lucas Herbert, Craig Hocknell missing the cut on the DP World Tour. Mathieu Pavon won the Club de Campo Villa de Madrid, the Espana Open there in Madrid. uh, Daniel Hillier from New Zealand, a tie for ninth. Jason in a tie for 20th. As I mentioned, Karis Davis in T8 behind eventual winner Angel Yin in the LPGA Buick Shanghai event in China. Minji Lee in a tie for 13th. Grace Kim, a tie for 36th. Lydia Ko in a tie for 50th. We mentioned Minwoo's victory in Macau at the SJM Macau Open on the Asian Tour. Andrew Dote was tie 11th alongside Nick Voke. Zach Murray in a tie for 17th. Jack Thompson in a tie for 23rd. Sam Brazel in a tie for 28th. Kevin Wan in a tie for 34th. Tommy Power Horan also in a tie for 34th. Josh Younger in a tie for 40th. Rounds out the Aussies. And then over on the Japan Golf Tour at the Japan Open Golf Championship, Brad Kennedy was two strokes behind eventual winner Aguri Iwasaki. So he finished in a tie for third. Quayley in a tie for 36. Adam Scott teed it up in that tournament, missed the cut, as did young amateur Jeffrey Guan, who we're keeping a close eye on. So that's the Aussies across the world. Congratulations, obviously, to Min Woo Lee and to Rod Pampling, and a special mention to Karis Davison, and, of course, Dan Lawson with his win on the Asia Development Tour as well. Um, speaking of Min Woo Lee, his sibling, Minji Lee, uh, alongside Hannah Green, have committed to returning to Australia for the Australian Open this summer, which is wonderful news. Um, And then probably in converse but not so surprising news, Jason Day uh, will not be returning this summer. He's been confirmed in Tiger's Hero Championship in the Bahamas, which of course coincides around that same time. So as I said, not overly surprising, Um, worth mentioning, a little disappointing, but uh, Day has his reasons and we've we've gone into those in great depth previously but again confirmation he will not be coming back for the upcoming summer but great news to see minji lee and hannah green commit their time to australia across the summer a uh, couple of other small points before we wrap up as i said it was only going to be a brief one you never want to listen to me drag on without the back and forth the repartee between me and my good mate droodster um Great little report out this week uh, promoted by Golf Australia and the PGA Tour of Australia as it should be, uh, but the report commissioned by the Australian Gulf Industry Council, the AGIC, has unveiled a report that reveals Gulf provides a $3.3 billion in total annual benefits to the Australian community, economy, and environment. Excellent. I mean, not at all surprising. Uh, as I said, commissioned by the AGIC comprising the key national bodies of the golf industry in Australia, including the PGA of Australia, Golf Australia, and the WPGA Tour of Australasia. The report was conducted by SGS Economics and Planning, details the wide-ranging and sizable benefits of golf through quantified data and a robust methodology, headlining the report's findings are the $3.3 billion in total annual benefits of golf, the growing and deepening participation in all forms of golf, and golf's estimated annual household expenditure of $10.3 billion dollars. It also shows that 37% of adult Australians, that's a total of 7.23 million people across the country, say they have visited a golf facility as a non-player. So I I think it just goes to show and I would encourage people to jump online and read that full report, pga.org.au, because it is worth reading. I think it confirms, I mean, we're preaching to the choir here in terms of listeners of this podcast, but it confirms what we've said, particularly off the back of the game's phenomenal rise through the period of the pandemic. But what we aren't seeing clearly is a tail off. It's not something that people have taken up, given it was amongst a short list of options of activities you could participate in during consecutive periods of lockdown. Um, They've caught the bug, which is of no great surprise to people who already had the bug. But I think it's wonderful to see that it's not just falling off. Um, In fact, it seems to continue to be growing. And as we kind of said last week, it comes off the back of a new TV rights deal, of a naming rights partner for the tour, the administration doing a lot of good things and making smart, strategic, calculated moves to ensure this future sustainability of the game in this country, not just at the professional level, but for those, you know, seven-odd million people who engage in the game in some way, shape, or form at the very grassroots. So that's, yeah, it's wonderful news. And as I said, I encourage you to seek that report out Uh, because it's well worth reading if you are a fan of the golf in some way, shape or form here in Australia. Uh, Only other thing I wanted to mention before I sign off um, and reticent to finish on a sour note. uh, However, I do want to extend our thoughts, sincere thoughts of the 19th Tea Podcast to the team at the Eastern Golf Club. Uh, For those who – are engaged with the golf community, particularly in Victoria, you probably will have seen there was a devastating fire at the Eastern Golf Club in recent days. If you're not aware, uh, it was fortunate in the sense that there has not been a loss of life or severe injury, but clearly devastating uh, for that. Not just team who engage and make that a beautiful place on a daily basis, but for the hundreds of members who consider that to be a home away from home, a lot of whom I know listen to this podcast and some good friends of this podcast play at the Eastern. So it's never nice to see, Um, you know, we we get angry when there's deliberate vandalism of golf courses, um, but we are devastated when there are, you know, instances like this that completely gut and and rip out the heart of a facility like the eastern which is such a wonderful place to play your golf and such an important place for so many as i said golf is an escape we just talked about the report seven odd million people are engaging in it in some way shape or form across the country and and i would dare say a lot of those people do it as a break a mental break from you know the daily grind and that's what a place like the eastern provides is a is a Sanctuary, a place of calm, you know, a place to get away, a place to connect, and they're doing it tough right now. So I just wanted to make special mention of the Eastern. Uh, our thoughts, sincere thoughts, as I said, are with the team at the Eastern and the members, member community of the Eastern Golf Club. Uh, it will take some time to rebuilding it back on their feet, but have no doubt at all that they will and and do so not only with the support of their immediate community, but I'd say the broader golf community in Victoria and across the country. So. Our thoughts are with the team at the Eastern. That'll do us for this week. When I say us, I mean me, because it has only been me. Uh, I applaud your patience if you've ploughed through half an hour just listening to my voice uh, and not having the semi-regular interjections of my good friend, Nathan Drudy. So uh, the Wollonga course is the focus this weekend for the WebEx Players Series event in South Australia. We are... endeavoring and should have. I'm confident of having Greg Blewett as part of our review show on Monday evening, uh, you know, fresh off the back of not only his hosting duties, but potentially playing four rounds, to see if he makes the cut, uh, entering in the field under the tournament invitation. Um, we're also looking at uh, having a chat with Sandy Jamison, which I'm hoping to do either the back end of this week or early next, who is the head pro and really the heart and soul of the Oakley golf course, the nine golf course in the Monash City Council area of Melbourne, which is under threat um, by some twisted, twisted councillors. And I'm happy to say that I won't get Sandy in trouble when we speak to him, but there is a a ridiculous proposal, ridiculous proposal on the table to potentially consider the option of turning that nine-hole golf course into green space for the community. Uh, I'll get into it more with Sandy, but you want to talk about uh, a sanctuary and a place to get away from the daily grind and a place that is a community and and such an important place of solace for a lot of people you wouldn't get more courses more important than the Oakley golf course in Melbourne in terms of what it does for its local community particularly marginalised sections of its local community so hope to have Sandy on in the coming days a chat that we'll record and, and put in the queue but there is a change.org petition out there that you can sign uh, if you Uh, Wish You can also make submissions to the council uh, if you wish as well. So we'll go into detail with that with Sandy, but um, we are getting right behind the fight for the Oakley golf course because it's an important one uh, and a story that we're going to share with you in the very near future. So that and plenty more to come. Uh, Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your continued support of this podcast. It's much appreciated by Drewster and I. We love the game, we love you as our listeners, and we love talking to each other each and every week and something we hope to continue to do for many moons to come. Enjoy your weekend. Make sure you tune in to KO across the weekend or if you're in South Australia, get out to Wollonga. It's going to be a great tournament there and we look forward to wrapping it all up on Monday night.